Hello, my virtual water cooler friends, and welcome to episode four, season two. Well, that was season two, <laughs> season <laughs> season four, episode two. All right, let's just restart this. Holy crap! Episode four, season two, season four, episode two. Okay. <clears throat> All right, we can. Oh. Hello, my virtual water cooler friends, and welcome to season four, episode two of Into the Filmverse podcast. What is Into the Filmverse? Well, that is a great question. We're just a movie fan podcast where we just talk about all things movie and movie related. Um, today, uh, my Mitchell Chandler and I'm Bryce Payne, and today we are talking about Wolf Walkers, uh, 2022 and sorry, 2020, my bad, animated film, and um, we are also going to talk about our best films of 2022. I like how this is a struggle to start this episode. I know. We, we, we struggled <laughs> a little bit. You know, we're getting the swing back in, into things here, but into our second episode um, yeah. of 2023. Um, now, glad to be back still. Um, now, yeah, I. No, Mitchell, I'm, I'm oh, going to start off. Okay. I have seen this yes. way before you have. Uh huh. Because I watched this before the uh, 2021 Oscars. Oh, God. Or was it 2021 Oscars? Not that one. No, it, I watched it in 2021, I believe, right? April 2021. The one Oscars I don't care anything about. Yes, I watched. Jesus Christ, the Oscars happened late in 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't care anything about it. I was like, that's May. Um, so, yeah, I watched it in April of 2021 for the first time, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But, uh,. I was really gunning for it to win Best Anime Picture, which we'll get into. But since I had more experience, this is the movie I picked for January for Animation Month. Right. And uh, I would love to hear your opinions on this film. Okay. Well, Wolf Walkers, um, you know, I turned it on, and I'll be honest with you, first five, ten minutes, I was just ready to write this off. Um, and I, largely due to the animation style, I found the the handwritten, uh, the hand-drawn animation a little too... too um, too basic i i think after seeing films like into the spider verse after seeing films like puss in boots the last wish um which i just watched you know in december but i mean well i mean even when you look at incredibles or i mean really pixar i mean I'm pixar is the high the gold standard when it comes to animation it's hard to stomach or you know not, not stomach or even studio ghibli i just you know we just talked about my neighbor Totoro last yeah. week yes we did it's really hard to switch into this style of animation um and so it really just seemed lower budget to me and so when i was watching this i just kind of read it out wrote it off for the first five ten minutes but then um it actually started getting really interesting and i really appreciated the story and as it as it progressed i really started liking the animation style more and more i still think it was a little bit of a detractor from this overall story i think that it could have uh, I guess experience, but I, I think with a better animation style, um, a little bit more fleshed out, that it could have even been a little bit better an experience. Um, that being said, I did really like the story of this film. Isn't it sweet though? Just it is like the whole father daughter relationship, mm-hmm. and no, it's so good. Um, so I'm glad to know that you liked it. I did. Now I watched it and I thought the animation was brilliant. Okay. See, a lot of people do. A lot of people do, and I, I was, I'm, I've been hearing why, why, how you, why you feel that is. I love the color palette. I think it's vibrant. It stands out. It's unique. It, does. it is, a, it is an animation style I've only seen the studio do, and each of their films they do is it like tweaks it a bit. Uh huh. Now, being that Wolf Walkers is their newest, not their newest, because apparently. They have a new one out on Netflix. I did not know that. I just found that out. Look at that. It came out in November of last year. I had no idea. Oh, well. Okay. Now I have to go home after a podcast and watch this movie. <laughs> but um, so this just always stood out to me. It's a very Irish folktale studio usually. Yeah. 
so I've always enjoyed their animation and their little like colors. Yeah. I also okay. So this is just a side note. I bought lights for my TV specifically for these movies that this company does. Is that the lights that like you know that goes around your TV and, and they they match the screen just because yeah. I love the colors. Yeah. So whenever I like test to see if my lights are working, I always put in one of the discs and just see like the colors because I love the little swirls and stuff. That's cool. But Wolf Walkers is one of those movies that when I watched it, I watched it in the theaters. Oh, wow. I got to see it. it was a limited run before the Oscars that year, and we went and saw it. And it, it is a, I think it's an Apple TV movie. I can see if that. I, if I that's where I watched it on, actually. So, yeah. yeah, so it was an Apple TV movie. I don't have Apple TV, so I was just like, theatrical run? Yeah, I'm going to watch <laughs> this in theaters. I'm like, okay, Apple TV. And so I watched it in theaters, and I loved it. I think my, my wife, Jada, she spent almost half the movie in tears. Wow. Like, full on, just like tears coming down the face. And I remember just looking at her, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's good, but mm. wow. Yeah. It hit her, it hit so hard for us. And then, like, the whole character with, like, the mom, Wolf. Yeah. Like, and the Meredith, I think her name is Meredith. I didn't get to rewatch it for this episode. I did not have time. So, okay. I'm just doing my best to try to live off the memories of what I saw I two years ago. Well, I'll say that I don't remember the character's names, to be honest with you. I usually don't have the films I watch. But, um,. I will say this: that the father-daughter relationship was really I was strong. So off, it's Miboga McTier. I if I listened to it, I would be like, I get it. Yeah, but yeah, I just looked it on. I just looked at the name, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I but can yeah. pronounce Robin, but no. Robin. <laughs> well, I just really enjoyed like what the um, you know, the father. It wasn't just like the the father just says, to "Stay, stay what you stay put, do what you're doing." Like they gave him real reason to to, you know put her like in a certain place that she he probably doesn't want her to be in she doesn't want to be in but like he's trying to protect her and 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 really you know provide for her and you know he's scared and they he they allow him for a moment to be scared and to be vulnerable and um not just your stereotypical macho man and he has a heart like the ending with him is so heartfelt it is yeah and you have the whole oh man i'm just i'm picturing the ending bat like i call it a battle the ending fight and I'm just thinking in my head, like, oh, my God, it's so pretty. And, it, like, I'm pretty sure this is one of those movies that made me cry. I'm not even I'm, I'm not even ashamed to say it. I'm pretty sure the ending left me in tears. The ending was really, really touching. And, and I was – okay. So I, I think we were pretty safe to talk about this film in, um, you know, in spoilers, just be forewarned. But um, when they – when he shot the, the wolf the, after they rescued her, the mom wolf, um, I was livid. I, I, I was ready to like give this farm this film zero stars. I was like, there's no, I, you put, you kill that mom after everything you put me through this entire film. I'm out. Like, I, I hate you. Like, I will not forgive you for that. Um, and so I was that last act, I last act, I was waiting on bated breath to see what was going to happen with that mom. And, um, luckily like, you know, she, they pull through, but I was, I was, whew, I was going to be so mad, bro. I love the ending. So much. I just I'm looking at it on Wikipedia trying to refresh myself, and I just remember that they all become Wolfwalkers. And yeah, they're all like a happy family, and I'm just yeah. like, it's so sweet. It really is sweet. Um, yeah, I also, really like the Lord, werewolf. Lord Protector's a jerk. Oh, see that, that okay. So that was one of the things that I also wanted to jump, uh, you know, talk about is that this is about Cromwell. That's that's the main the main the the evil person, the Lord Protector. It was it's Oliver Cromwell. I don't know who that is. Like. Well, I don't know. You, think, you, like, you like history. Oliver Cromwell is the um, old English. Um, um, 
I don't know. Like the dude, he, he like I'm pretty sure he was like a product. I don't know. I didn't do too much of the history, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't know. Oliver Cromwell is like the dude that like took over at a certain point in English history, and he was in the, in the history books. He was well like loved. In this one, it seems like he's not, and it, I think it's coming from the point of view of of um, like Irish. I think that's why um, it was interesting. So coming back to the Irish, obviously I don't know. Who, I I think I've heard of Cromwell. I don't really know who that is. The studio is um, Cartoon Saloon. And they have three Irish folktale movies. Mm-hmm. They have, oh man, I'm trying to remember it. Secret of Kells, which is, I think the animation is good. It doesn't stand out as much as Wolfwalkers did to me. And Song of the Sea, which is also really good. But Wolfwalkers, out of the three, is the best. And I just remember being floored, floored by this movie and just surprised. And I was so happy I saw it at the theaters. And I thought the experience was amazing. And the studio just it became one of those studios where I was like, Anything the studio releases, I want to watch. Hmm. Anything, like they have, they have one movie they made that's not the new one because they made My Father's Dragon. I never heard of that until today. But um, the Breadwinner uh-huh. is a um movie about a it's a book adaptation. I'm trying to remember, it is uh about a girl who lives in Afghanistan during the uh, Islamic Emirate or whatever. Right. And it has her pretending to be a boy to get to be able to work and be able to get money for the support of their family after their father is kidnapped. It's a very touching story, but it was the only movie of theirs that is not an Irish folktale, as far as I know. Wow! But it, oh man, the, the animation is always just one of those things. The studio is amazing with it, and so it was surprising to hear that you didn't really really like the animation because that is one of the things that I loved about it. Yeah, like I, like I said, I think. Uh, I don't know. It just it felt just too plain, like too two D. I think uh, uh, specifically there were scenes that, um, like were supposed to be the backdrop of like a you know like you're supposed to see people behind happening and like you know like a castle that really didn't look like a castle, and it was very like it was like a pop up book. Uh, yeah. I mean, in a sense, but without the, without the pop without the fun of a pop up, you know. I mean, that's how I felt, anyways. Um. I, and I think it was just too. There was also certain. There were also certain scenes that did make the animation style look very pretty. Um, I think specifically when they were when they were transitioning between the um, wolf eyes and the and the other ones. And I think even towards the later ends when they were looking at the forest specifically, um, it made it look really nice. And I did like the way it was used. But there were other times when it was just too, a little too janky for my tastes. I just got so disappointed. Um, I looked at I looked at the next movie they came out with. It's called My Father's Dragon, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to have the same pop for me. But I'm I, I'm going home to watch it tonight. I'm going to be up half the night watching a movie that I had no idea existed until ten minutes ago. Wow. Yeah. So no, I, I I hope you at least enjoyed the movie. Oh no, I did. I mean, like I said, at the end at the end of the day, I think the story was really was really good. That's why I ended up actually really. Would you it. Would you watch any other movies by the studio? Um, sure. I mean. Not really thrilled to, but I mean, I will. I mean, I, I've heard about the other one, the bread one, breadwinner. I've heard about that one. It's good. It's, it's a good. It's a good book adaptation. I think that you would enjoy Song of the Sea. I think that uh, I'll just. I know you can't. I'll, this is the poster. Oh, that's a cute poster. It's, it's about it's about little uh, seals. Seals. That's it's cute. It's about a seal child. Little seal child. It's so cute. I just love the studio. That's why I wanted. To, that's why I suggested this movie because I was just like the studio. Hey, so I'll keep cool. open to to seeing more from the studio. I just, I don't know. Even the faces and everything, just it all felt a little too 
simplistic for me. For, but like I said, out five to ten minutes, fifteen minutes into the film, I grew accustomed to the animation style, and so um, the story then carried itself from there. Um, I'm now I'm so mad that I didn't get a chance to rewatch it because I was just like, oh, I want to watch it again now. I'm probably God damn it. <laughs> no, I'm, so, I'm so mad because that's part of the reason I chose it is because I was just like I want to rewatch it and I didn't even get the chance. But let's be honest with you though, like I've never really I mean I'll be honest with you, I've never really seen hand drawn animation done this well. You Isn't never really it? do, you know. I mean you don't really you don't really see hand drawn animation really as a full production film. So here's the cool thing, and this is a little bit this is getting off the topic of Wolfwalkers. We each picked two movies for the month of January for animation. Right. Um, my other movie I picked is also hand-drawn animation. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, is that... Uh, well, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. But it's a it's a older hand-drawn animation, so I'm interested to see how this That goes. is interesting. Goes for you. <laughs> I, ironically, I chose... My other film I chose was a stop-motion animation, which I'm notorious for not liking. So I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I'm, now that I know that you like uh, haven't experienced a lot of like, hand-drawn, you're not a big fan of it, I'm interested to see what you think of this next one that's coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm definitely interested <laughs> myself as well. Um, so that brings us to talking about some of our favorite, um, films of 2022. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a wild 20 movies. Um, it is going to be a wild 20 movies, I think, and I, I, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we only have one film on both of our lists that, that, uh, match up. Um, and I think it's actually in the same spot too. Now here, here's the thing though, is I'm pretty sure that other than two films, mm-hmm. you and I have seen all these. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've seen. There's not two films I've seen. I mean, if not, I, then I I'll have. There, seen, I, I'll have seen them shortly. I mean, I will watch them at some point. I know there's um, two films of mine that you haven't seen. Okay, well, I mean, I will. I'll try to watch those just because you know I, I want to be breathed in what my friend likes. Um, but um, well, we'll see with the Oscar nominations. That's very true. Because we'll see if like you feel inclined to watch them, depending on if they get nominated. Well, let's go. And, well, in, in that case, let's go ahead and start with um, your top ten, and I want to hear. Uh, let's start with from number 10, and we'll go up to number one of your favorite, favorite, favorite right. year. <clears throat> Starting at number 10, this actually was higher, uh, high, high before the end of December, surprisingly. Uh, it came out. It's been highly anticipated for 13 years. Uh-huh. Avatar The Way of Water, and I am notorious for not liking Avatar until last September. Well, <laughs> no, that is crazy. I'm, I'm really glad that you um, said that because um, Avatar is one of those films that – I mean, anytime you bring it up in any any um, movie circle or honestly anywhere, you get a lot of Avatar's not that good. It was just Fargo Girl in Space, or it was just like <laughs> it's only it's only Pocahontas, yeah. Or it's just it it was just like the only people people like that was just because of the three um, D effects. And I keep going back and forth on this, um, but I I think that um, I think it's really going to depend. And like yeah. Avatar is weird. Because we watched it in 3D, yeah, opening night, and the visuals are fantastic. Yeah, I agree. But I have a problem though, because I feel like this is going to be like Avatar One, where I hated Avatar One until I saw it in theaters in 3D, and that visual experience of the 3D made well, me like the movie. See, so I, I don't know if I'm going to like Avatar I agree Two with you. at home. Oh, so that, that's how I feel too. As I'm not entirely sure about that because the experience of seeing 3D is just something that you're not going to get from any other film, really ever. I think the only other execution I've seen in 3D where I just felt truly amazed beyond the actual story what was being presented was I think Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange, Spider Verse. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. 
But I no, mean, I just but yeah. I uh, we've talked about this. Where I I follow this person, right? And they watched this and they thought Avatar was terrible, just to get slammed online. And part of her argument was saying that um how people are gonna realize it's not as good when they get that at home experience and the visual spectacle won't be there. And I was like, but we know that. Yeah. Like we are aware that that could be the case. But as of right now, with that being my only experience of the movie, it is my tenth favorite movie of the year. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> see that. And it blew my mind. Like I, the visuals, ugh. I could uh, see. Yeah, and no, I definitely understand where you're coming from on that. On that. Anyway, move, moving on, because I'm sure everyone on the internet has talked Avatar to death. I know. Um, this one I actually didn't check out until the end of December as well. There's a I'm lot like, of a lot of. Uh, actually, almost half my half my list came into December. Uh, Mad God. You know, okay, so this was a film that I was I was going to check out, but then I didn't because I learned that there was, like, no speaking lines. And, again, I don't know what it is with me about stop-motion animation. It just doesn't – I don't like it. I don't like it. But this, what did you this think? This took 30 years for this guy to make. Dang. Thir- 30 years. And here's the thing. It's Precious. a Shudder film. And I no, Shudder is notorious for, like, their cheap-ass horror films. Yeah. Pardon my language. I'm trying to stop that. <laughs> but it's cheap horror. Right. But Mad God – blew me away and here's the best part there's a lot more nudity in this movie than i thought there was i didn't i wouldn't expect that no but there's like creatures and stuff where just things hanging out and i was like kind of shocked but here's the best part i watched this with my 17 year old sister oh and of course i'd watch anything i don't look into what's in it i don't do parental guidance i just pop that i'm gonna watch it i'm putting blu-ray player and uh i watched it because i got a physical copy because i'm a physical person yeah so I watched it, and I was just floored by how great the animation was, by how fantastic and creepy everything was, and I was I loved. Does it, it have a decent story, or do you know what the story is, or was it just visually look, appealing? Look, man, I <laughs> <laughs> look, man. I don't know what what I watched, but look, it was I, cool I, I could not tell you what metaphors is trying to tell you. I could not tell you what is the, what like the bigger message is. But what I can tell you is some of this claymation and some of those models are really good. <laughs> well, okay. See, that's the thing. Is it looked very visually impressive, but I just – well, like, what am I watching? Like, the entire time – and that's honestly why I, why I haven't sat down to watch it yet because okay. I just can't combine it. I'm pulling up my review. Yeah. Um, I wrote a pretty long review, so I'm not going to um, – people, people basically – I follow a lot of people that did not give this a star rating. They, okay. They marked it as watch, and they, because of how weird it was – they're wrong. It's amazing. But, um, <laughs> it is full of just, I said, mad God is full of disturbing imagery, creatures doing ungodly things in zero spoken words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I pictured it being. So the hellish landscapes projecting a sense of hopelessness and despair, a real weight is felt, especially as you follow the gas mask guy from area to area. The world is hell. <laughs> I can see like watching this, like it's like a post apocalyptic fever dream and it's amazing yeah like, i can see this being like a film you turn on just for like fun like for, for fun with your friends one night and you're god, just like god forbid people watch this drunk or hot that's what i'm about to say like, yeah like i could not imagine like the thoughts just like oh my god what is that, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> but i watched it and i just sat there and i was like you know what i'm vibing with this like this is just clicking everything i need out of an animated film like this and i just i, I was i loved it that's cool i like I that oh it's so good now, uh, moving on, moving on. This one came out in December. It was one of the final films of the year. Okay. And I know it's on your list. I hope it's on your list because we're going to find out. Puss and Boots, The Last Wish. Wow. 
Yeah, okay, here's the thing. Already already on your list, I, <laughs> I, I say we had one in common. I'm, all right, we're going to tell you, we have more than a few in common. Um, Posted Boots, so last wish. I um, Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's definitely now, really I'm, good. I'm not going to spoil too much because I know that a lot of people haven't seen this yet. Right. But I just want to say, if you can make a Puss in Boots movie have some of the best villains of the whole year, yeah. you were doing something right. Because there's a villain, and I'm not going to spoil that much. I'm just going to say his, he's the big bad wolf, and he sent chills down my spine. Every single time he came in the room, I was like, why is he going Why are no. they going so hard with these villains? I'll go far to say he was the scariest villain this entire year. <laughs> Out of all the villains I had this entire he year. Has, he has his whistle. And every time you heard that whistle, you're like, oh, it's about Terror. to go down. <laughs> it was like the Darth Vader theme. <laughs> and then he just has these glowing red eyes, and then you just peer out of the blackness. I was like, why is they? Why are they doing this to Puss? <laughs> I know. And then I the know. animation, they really took some cues from Into the Spider-Verse, creating one of the most visually appealing movies yep. of the year. And I we, want them to do a Shrek movie with the same animation because it will make so much money. I think it would. No, you're right. And I, th- I think, well, specifically if we, you know, obviously a good story. But I think I th- um, we also got to see this in 3D. And I think going along with what Avatar did really well, this really, I, I don't, I'm really popped in 3D. I don't think we necessarily needed to see it in 3D. Oh no, not at all. But, but it definitely added a lot it, to the. Experience. It added layers to it. Like, and I, I think there was there was one scene where I, I audibly out loud went, "Oh my god, that was cool!" Like, you know, just the animation. Like, it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, we'll we'll have to get into a little bit more. But I definitely I, agree with so what, you, what you say on that. I only watched the trailers in theaters. I don't even know if I actually watched the trailers. To be honest, I think they just played and I didn't pay attention. Yeah. I read a review on the trailer for Pleasant Boots. Right. Someone wrote a review on the trailer. Because mm-hmm. they were comparing it to End of the Spider-Verse. Sure. And they were like, it starts off with that 2D animation that we know from Puss in Boots. Like, the first one is Shrek and all that. And then it transforms into these, like, uh, speckled type animations yeah. in the movie. I cannot imagine this movie in any other animation. Well, it is absolutely gorgeous. I think I think specifically with what Spider-Verse does and that this one adopts is that they use color and animation as textures. Like four, there, there's a scene where they're throwing bombs, and the explosions from the bombs look so unique. Yeah. I was like, this is so visually appealing, and then the villains are so good. And Puss in Boots is a fully, fully realized character. Mm-hmm. Even the side character, uh, they have this little chihuahua that is so stupid and annoying, but he works. He's amazing. <laughs> like I, I, at first I was like really a chihuahua, and at first you think it, you th- at first I thought it was just gonna be a throwaway character. And then they don't let it be, and they they actually incorporate it into the story and he make it really so f- important. It does. Cute. It's just adorable. It's, it has no right being as good as it is. No. And I I went to work, the the first day I worked after we saw it. Yeah. I went to work and I was just like, you have to check out Puss and Boots. And people at work were like, you're kidding. No, that, I, was I like, agree. No, it's amazing. <laughs> I agree with you, hundred percent. Like I'm I'm known as the movie guy at my work. I see everything. So yeah. people are always like, hey, did you see this? Yeah, when I go to work and I'm like, "Yo, Puss in Boots is amazing," and they're just like, everyone looked at me like I was crazy, like I was because, on crack. Well, it, because it doesn't sound like it's gonna be. I mean, you know, when they were putting Puss in Boots in theaters, you're like, you know, the, even the first one, I feel like it was good. I think I feel like, but but this this Humpty Dumpty ruins the first one. I don't know. I haven't watched it a long time, so Humpty, I've been Humpty, in, Humpty been Dumpty there. ruins the first one. But I, I feel like, you know, it, it just doesn't seem like a film that they they were making to make a like a, you know really engaging fun experience. It almost feels like they were making it because they were you know they were trying to you know use an existing IP and create something that you know they can make some money off of with you know kids and stuff like that. 
something that I think that they thought were like, what would happen when it's Sonic the Hedgehog 2? But no, they really put some thought and time effort. and effort and, and really made this film more than just also, a kid's film. It, it, which it, is, it goes beyond the kid's film, though, because there's scenes there that like specifically cater to adults where like, yeah. people, adults in our theater were laughing uh-huh. because it was just like, did they just do that? Did they just do that in a Puss and Boots movie? What? And I guess, but when when I when I say, and I think a lot of people when when they mean made for kids, I think what we're trying to say is it's more a film targeted to younger generations. Well, no, I mean more so. What I'm saying is they they make they um make cheap jokes, cheap, um really unclassy, not classy, but really uncare more just they they favor like cheap jokes over substance. In the they story. think kids are stupid and can't understand deeper things. Exactly. Yeah. And so they favor that over a good story, and so I think that's what people mean for kids. Um, anyway. Anyway, moving on from Puss in Boots. Yeah. We uh, this next one was very highly anticipated for me. Okay. I went into it expecting a lot, and I got everything I was promised. Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. The Whale. Yeah, that was a great film. The Whale is a fantastic movie. That was a good movie. And I don't understand a lot of the hatred it got. Because I, th- I, I feel Brendan Fraser, first off, makes the yeah. movie. Makes the movie. It's his best performance Agreed. of his entire career. But people seem to be hating on it because he is not a actually morbidly obese man. Yeah. And the people are like, well, he's wearing a fat suit. And I was like, who cares as long as he's doing a great job? They got the right actor for the role. That's part of acting. Yeah, exactly. Like, I God agree. forbid you get the right actor for the role. But he is so... Uh, the character that he plays... Is such a loving, like man who deserves love and is so scared to let people in mm-hmm. that by the end of the movie, I was so emotionally attached. You can attest to this. When the credits started rolling, I just sat there in silence. Yeah, I mean, which is not <laughs> often for for that to happen with Bryce because I know immediately after a film, like nine times out of well, most of the time, every time a film ends, he's just like, "So what'd you think?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." Like, I and this time it was the other way. This time, you were like, yeah, you I was looked like, at me, you're like, "Right," I was just sitting there, I was silent. Yeah, he was just like, he was honestly a little bit in shock. He's like, "I just can't believe what I watched." <laughs> it's it, it, oh, it blew me away. I think like there were so many parts where I was just like, this is just such an honest view of life, and like I feel so bad, and I love this so much. I definitely appreciate. I, it I legit too. almost watched it the next day after we watched it. Wow! I almost like I was sitting there and I was like, I could go home, or I could go watch the whale again because I would love to watch the whale. You know what's again. crazy is that in that film we had to tell two different people to put their phones away and, and really, and I actually had to get an usher for one of them, um, and it still didn't disrupt the enjoyment of that film. It's so it's so good. Check out the whale if you haven't. Honestly, it, like, yeah. if he, Brendan Fraser doesn't win Best Actor, I'm gonna be so mad. Um, yeah, like, I mean, uh, yeah. No, I agree. Definitely check that out because I I feel like it's a good representation of just humanity and all and what humanity should be. Yeah, I mean, even in, in the face of of you know severe um, I just issues, cool. I just want I, like ugh, there's so many good moments. There are. Anyway, move, moving on from the whale before I start getting all emotional over here. <laughs> um, Next one is another very uh, people love this movie. People have been talking about this movie since March. Which no, which number is this? Just the this is check. number six. Okay, or number, number six. ten, nine, eight, seven. Yeah, this is six. Okay, um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep, I hear a <laughs> lot about this one being being <laughs> everybody's top, top five, top ten. Um, I definitely agree that it's a it's a very solid, you know, very engaging film. It is so much fun. It's wacky. It's nonsensical. I wish, I wish that my fingers. family would watch this. But they're just like, it seems stupid. Uh, I was like, you guys just don't understand. 
but it's I don't want to go too much in depth. Everyone's seen it. It's, it's so popular. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you haven't seen it, like, watch everything every wall at once. I it, mean, it, regardless, so of, even if it doesn't end up in your top ten of the year, th- I mean, it, there's definitely enjoyment to be had in that. It's definitely the best multiverse film that came out this year. It's so wonderful. <laughs> and then, like, I remember, I got, I think I got like eight people to watch this, this like over last year. I, I just went, I just go to, I just talked to everybody, be like, yo, have you seen this? And they're like, no, what's it about? And I was like. Oh, you went for a ride. <laughs> I think I, I got it on physical and I had the digital code. And I gave people my, my digital library code, like passwords and stuff. Be like, go watch this. You've never go, seen. Go home and go watch this. I'll just say this. You'll never see googly eyes the same again. Anyway, mo- moving on. This is a, this is the only foreign language film on this my list. All right. All Quiet on the Western Front, which is surprisingly dropped three spaces since i watched it yeah because i remember when you when you saw this film and you told me about it you thought it was just like you raved about it um and i honestly expected it to be almost like one of your top top few films of the year um and like i said i watched this i don't know if i watched i watched after you right you did yes um and i really did enjoy it but i think you enjoyed it a little bit more than i did i okay so for context i've seen the 1931 aquarium front yeah and this is such a better adaption mm-hmm. and it like oh my god so I'm a huge fan of war films where they show the reality of war. Yeah. Things like, um, I know you haven't seen this, but like 1985's Come and See. Mm-hmm. That movie was so good and so realistic, I turned my phone off at home and sat it on the table and was like, I'm not even going to be bothered. Wow. Like, it, it blew me away. And All Quiet on the Western Front does the same thing to me. And then I started, like, I, I gave it five stars. Like, I'm not even going to lie. This yeah. movie was fantastic. I blew me away. And, like... The main character is so good. I think I put him as like one of my favorite newcomers to film this year. Oh, that's cute. And like, it's all is it the only foreign language? And I, I swear to God, this better win best international film. But I, know I mean, it, it has tough competition. It has like decision to leave. I'm sure is going to get nominated. But I'm just like, <sighs> I mean, honestly, I can even see all across all Western acquired fun even getting like a uh, best picture nomination. I mean, I think it's that good. It's it's so it's such a good look at like the realities of war. And uh, now we're moving on to one that you are going to have a different view on than me. Okay. This one actually went up a whole star and a half just from me thinking oh, about it. Yeah, I know. Try, I know. Try <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I haven't said it yet, but I kid you not. I, I sat there and at first I was like, you, you know, Bryce. You know, you know. What? Actually, hold up. I'm just gonna go cut my fingers off and throw them at you because <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I absolutely like. The more I think about this, the more I love it. It's the Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Um, okay, I, well, okay, well, before we say, we were, you know, even say anything, I did like this film, and I, I do like it. Um, I thought it was, I'm, yeah, I, I did. Um, I think it's gone up like thirty spaces on my rating. Yeah, I, I think I, really I, I think it's for it you. went from like my thirties or forties to like number four. <laughs> I, 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 I get why though. Like, I get the the love for this film. I do. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna like sit here and pretend like I don't know why, because I do understand it. Like, I understand the friendship and the and the. The, the beautiful nature of it and and um the, the cinematography is top notch let's, let's be honest I go like, to Ireland so bad dude. yeah like. I mean like <laughs> it pictures it perfectly I think that the dialogue is really fun and, and engaging I think the reason I knocked it down a little bit was just because of the the ending and where I wish it could have gone I, I think it yeah, fell off yeah, a little bit for me I, I remember we were talking about that and you were like it was just started to get to where I was really into it and then it ended and I was just yeah. like I thought it was okay and then I started thinking about it I was like why is it so good? Why is it on my mind two months after I've seen it? Why do I keep thinking about this movie? Why is this affecting me the way it has? Yeah. I still haven't rewatched it since we saw it in theaters. But I, I'm like, I don't want to just because I'm like, 
I'm afraid. I'm afraid. <laughs> You're afraid it. to watch it. I'm afraid that I'm gonna watch it again, and I'm just not gonna like it. But I'm like, the more it sat with me, the more I was like, it never got out of my mind. No, the more I, I thought can, about it, the more I was like, oh my. I, God. I picture it right now. This is gonna be in the Oscars. I, I think. I think. Um, man, it's gonna be a tough competition for best picture, best actor. It's gonna be a t- tough competition for um, best picture. But I know, I know, it's gonna be nominated for like one thousand percent. And then uh, moving on to what. I'm a sucker for movies about movies, mm-hmm. the Fablemans, Steven yeah. Spielberg's like movie about his life. <laughs> Let's be honest. I wanted to like, well, actually, again, I did like this film. I just wanted to like it more. I wanted more to happen. I wanted, I wanted to keep going and it just like it ended and I'm just like, no, I want more. And I guess that's a good testament to the film. But again, at the end of the day, I was left like not, not fully satisfied. I think it's so funny because I remember it ended and like you were like, what? and I was like, I could have sat here for another three hours and watched this. I don't even care. These characters are fantastic. The they humans were. are amazing. Seth Rogen's in it. I love Seth Rogen. How do you, how you put Seth Rogen in a, not a comedy film and make him comedic, but also like not the star of the show and but also not detract the fact that Seth Rogen's in a film? Only Steven Spielberg could do that. It's so sweet. And then it's just like ugh, the magic of cinema, dude. Like. To be Movies a kid and have your parents like support your dreams and like full on and then not understand you but still support it. Man, that, I wish I, I like had that. that. Yeah, I did like that. Like, God, it's so good. Like, and then the ending is just like it ended like right where I agree it could have done more. I agree with you, but also I was like, well, I'm good with it. It's just because I think we got into the adult or the not adult. As soon as he starts like following his like getting to where he can do his dreams and yes. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where like really there, but I was still like, the journey was good. Yeah, it hundred percent was. I, I wish I wish there'd be a sequel to this, but I guess that's just Steven Spielberg's life. So <laughs> get the making of Jaws. <laughs> the making of Jaws. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, let's do it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on. This is another one that is like it's personal to me. Mm-hmm. I um, for context, I work as a cook. Yeah. So like this movie just like had me enamored. Uh, the menu. Oh yeah, so um, last week we spoke about you know having uh, you know black comedy and satire films that didn't really you know work for me and that they work for you specifically bodies 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 and uh, what was the other one um, Triangle of Sadness, but this one is one that is a dark comedy that we both agree on that works really really well. I love this movie, dude. Like, they're, the, the comedy is so good. Ralph Fiennes is amazing as the villain. I love. Um, get castrated if I don't know her name. Anya Taylor-Joy? Dude, I was like, it's either Florence Pugh or Anya Taylor-Joy, and they, they I get them confused, so I'm just like... Don't you dare get my Aunt I know Florence okay, Pugh makes okay, up. I got Florence Pugh in the mind now, but for some reason I was just like, they're both blondes, and they're both in so many good things. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right, they are. No, Anya Taylor-Joy is amazing. The twist that they do with her is well done. The food looks fantastic. The whole side characters are fantastic. The, the craziness of just like keep keep questioning about like yo is this really happening like are, is this real like is this all part of the show is are they like, they're not gonna do it oh my god they're yeah. actually doing it like yeah kept it's like a roller coaster i was like oh my god more oh more oh more oh, keep yeah going. keep giving me it it was like the biggest <laughs> edge tease i ever like you just never knew what type of film you were watching let alone like what was going to happen next and then also just like whether or not you were what you were seeing was legitimately real um and get, it was just a it was just it was it was a chef's kiss to be honest with you like that's what it was it was it's one of those movies where like especially because it hits me on a personal note because like ralph Fiennes is very much like the movie's about him and his like 
struggle for his love of cooking. Yeah. And just like it worked so well for me. He was a tortured chef wanting to make his stuff. And then just like <sighs> Let me ask you something. After this, did you go get a cheeseburger? Because I wanted to. <laughs> I will never be able to make a cheeseburger as good as that cheeseburger. No, like I I mean <laughs> I didn't even taste it and I just like it makes my mouth water thinking about that cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so heartwarming and it just makes me it made me like be like, Man, the guy gets it. The, the ending very, very reminiscent of Ratatouille. Extreme, in a good way. Extreme. In a good way. And then um the last one, this is my favorite movie that came out last year, and I know I'm entirely biased for my experience and me as a person. Mm-hmm. Clerks 3. <laughs> hey, Clerks 3. Now, I I will say that last year was a Kevin Smith year for me. Uh-huh. I got to meet the man. I went to the tour for this. I, I, put, I invested a lot of time into Kevin Smith. <laughs> and this, just like, you saw it before me. I did. Like, yeah. I, I went to the convenience store that he was doing for Clerks 3 where he was going to and like showing it to people with him there. Yeah. And you saw it in theaters before me. And you, I remember you were like, if you don't love this movie, then you're just not a real fan of Kevin Smith because I well, think you're going to absolutely love y- it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I went to a showing with 2,000 people at a sold out showing. Right. Right. Sitting on a metal chair, like a fold out chair on this like old screen mm-hmm. and cried for like 40 minutes straight. I got chills <laughs> just thinking about it. I mean, I wasn't even there, but I just got chills with your experience. <laughs> I, I was just sitting there, tears going down my face, looking at the screen being like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> and just like ugh, the experience, like I just can't even imagine loving a movie as much as that one. And like, you got to think Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith is not known for his emotional, like, grabbing of right in films it does he's not good at it he's he's not he's good at like this like comedy with janice on the bot but he managed to make one of the most heartfelt movies of the entire year about it friendship and he, it's real yeah it's a movie it is based on his life and it is so good and it shocked me and i was in tears and i was crying and he did a q a afterwards and i left like i didn't even stay for the q a oh. like, i cried through the movie had my experience <laughs> and it was like we can leave and then we we left and like I, partially because for people to know we live in Colorado yeah so every single question Kevin Smith was getting was about weed oh my gosh and I was just like yeah, that's, no that gets annoying when we, you we just yeah. saw this movie that he made about his life about his experience and all you guys are asking about like what flavor what kind of weed do you like like are you for real yeah really like that's he's a filmmaker you're gonna ask him that kind of questions of course he's nice and he talks about it but Kevin Smith doesn't stop talking Oh yeah, right. He, you ask him one question, he's that's he the one going. question. So suddenly it's all about like weed and all that, and I was like, you know what? This isn't one I want, so I'm just gonna dip. I'm just no, gonna, I, get, I had I my experience. I'm I'm leaving, and still, still stayed my number one movie of the year. No, I mean I definitely understand you coming. I mean I I understand that being your your personal favorite movie of the year. Um, just because I mean when I watched that, <laughs> you know, clerk, you know the clerks and Kevin Smith fans are just something else because I had a dude sit, like, you know, the movie was like the theater wasn't full, but like this dude had a seat right next to me for some reason. And like we vibed the entire time, like he, he was he was laughing at every single joke. I don't even even if it wasn't funny, even if it wasn't even supposed to be a joke. I don't know. He was laughing at everything. He was making jokes. We said hi before. I don't know. It was just, it was a fun time listening to him have a good time. Um, and just knowing his response to the film, and then also just knowing <laughs> Bryce, I just knew that like this is definitively Kevin Smith's like magnum opus. And I I think um 
I, you know, honestly, yeah, I would say that. I feel like I, I, I feel like I don't think he'll ever do a movie as good as this. And I love Kevin no. Smith. And no matter what he does next, because he's already revealed the next five movies he's trying to try to do. Because this no, and the reason I put this as magnum opus is because you, you've taken a franchise that you've had for I don't even know how long. It's been like a long time. A long time. You you've you've made the money from from ancillary characters. You know, Jalen Silent Bob to make this film and you know it wasn't even a film that you know could have he, he could have made before this and just you know the cult following that has been has grown and grown over the years like and and for me to even you know love this film as much as i did and even just be a new new into this universe uh, the asking universe um i much very much appreciated it it's so it's so just oh, it's amazing I loved it so much. Yeah, I it have, just feels more. Even, it feels more than a movie. You know, I haven't even rewatched it because I just don't know. Like it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to relive that experience. No, I don't feel like you will, but I feel like you'll find appreciation in it. So, you know, because it, it's one of those things that goes beyond a film. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. The film doesn't matter. It's it's the experience I, and the love that you ha- and the and the passion behind everything and within everything that that makes I it just, great. I just want to say, Clerks Three is a hundred minutes long, and I know for a fact I cried for like half of that runtime, <laughs> and like. If a movie can make me cry, it's basically guaranteed to a five star rating because yeah. it's not typical where a movie can get me that emotionally invested. Because I watch so much shit. I watch. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. No, it's okay. <laughs> I watch so much stuff that it's just it's hard for me to get emotionally. You know, I mean, gross. I don't want to get too much into this about crying in, in theaters, but I used to be like not like I used to not cry like at all in in, in the movies movies, and then. And I don't know if this is specifically just a marker when I notice myself crying, so I let myself cry more, and like when I just feel it. But it was in um, the Amazing Spider-Man Two when when Gwen died, and just she, when she snapped, bro, I was I heartbroken. I'm not trying to laugh. I just thought it was that, one tear that I just came love out. That it's Marvel. Yeah, I was I just like knowing you, I'm like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But it was Gwen, bro. Like I was so sad. Like it was, like that was my favorite. And then she died, and like you just the anguish. I was like, bro, this is horrible. And then like. And it was one tear I let out. But then I was like, you know what? It, it might be okay if I feel movies and I'm in them. Because I don't really like, you know, I don't cry too much outside of that. You know, you know why I don't care? Huh? I have no one to impress. I have yeah. no one I care if me they look well. at me and they're like, you're crying in a movie? I was like, yeah, because I actually have emotions, you heartless person. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with you 100%. There's, there's some movies, like Pixar, Inside Out. It doesn't matter how much I see that movie; it's gonna get me. I think we both cried when um, Lightyear. When Light- uh, yeah, because they had that relationship montage with his uh, friend. Yeah, and like we're sitting there like 15 minutes in or something like that, and we just look at each other. We're like, really? Ding me! Like, why is this so emotional? I wish the rest of the movie like didn't hit that peak. Up on that, yeah, but, but it's just like it started, and I was just like, man, are you kidding me? All right, well, let me go ahead and jump into my top 10 of 2022. Um, at uh, so we do have a few films that we actually, you know, have having this in the t- our top tens. Um, at number ten, I have Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Um, this creeped in there very last minute. Like, you know, I mean, I just did not expect anything from this film. Um, I had a chance to actually see this a month early, and I think we both did. But we just did. Or I, I think I, I didn't you were go. at work. I had to work during the time, and then you were like, "I, I don't was going deal to go." With kids. But I, was, I didn't want to deal with kids, and honestly, I, I, I saw some of the reviews, early reviews for it, and I, I just, but honestly, I just didn't think it was going to be, like, the, wor- worth it. Puss in Boots, good? Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my reaction, and I just, so I was like, you know, I'll just wait till December to watch it, and, um, I mean, honestly, I wish I watched it, wish I would have watched it earlier so I could see it again, you know, but it was incredibly good, um, you know, we we talked about it before, but honestly, what I, what I really wanted to mention is, like, the characters and dialogue in this film are so good. 
you know, the, the, as much as they, you know, like have a lot of the kid animation and the kid jokes, they also have a lot of stuff in here for adults to enjoy too. I just want to say, so I, I, I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I tried to pick the best time to go to the bathroom. No, there was no best time. There was no best time because I came back and my wife was like, yo, you missed this. And I was like. Yeah, no, no. As soon as you left and that you missed that, I'm like, damn, that sucks. Because that was that was a cool. I, I mean, you, you know, you really anytime you leave the theater, it kind of sucks, I feel like. But I mean, I feel like that's when, you know, I, that specific moment, to, though. I tried to find the slowest possible scene where I was like, what, I couldn't possibly miss anything that important at this part. And as I was leaving, but that's the thing. I heard them be like, the scene. And I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm already gone. <laughs> well, so here's the. And then um, there's that. But then, you know, the characters were like all super good. Even the villains. Um, every single one. There was multiple villains in this film, all antagonists, but they all had their own motives, and they were all they all like were whether or not they were doing their correct, um, like being over overtly like villainous, or whether they're not, they were having like a separate motive. It was all great. Um, and I just really ended up enjoying this film. Very well done. Very well done movie. Um, at number nine, I have a one location shot film, and I was super surprised by this film. Actually, I'm actually super surprised it's still on your list. It's still on my list because I mean, this started out like it's been slowly creeping its way down my list, to, but it's still at number nine. But we watched this in I think in like February. February, yeah, the outfit. Um, and this is basically about a seamster or, you know, basically a person that makes outfits. Um, and Taylor, Taylor, that's it. Uh, Taylor. And well, I feel like uh, there's a Taylor. No, there was a specific thing. He's not, there was a specific word he said he was because he keeps saying it too. And I like, it's been so long since I've seen it. I'm just like, (sighs) but that being said, um, this is a one, one location film. Basically it's all filmed in in his shop and it's basically, basically him and the mobsters like basically trying to. Um, get this briefcase from him and he is trying to basically not die um, and it was so great from the mystery of it all to the end when he basically pops off I, I loved um, every bit of it so when we when we watched it I think we, we watched it as a double feature with another movie but I cannot for the life of me remember what that other movie is okay, I know I didn't like it and then I was like, I was so upset because we watched <laughs> that other movie, and I was—I think it might have been Sonic. It may have been. I'm not sure. But I um—I remember just being like, <sighs> just like mad. Yeah. You got, I had no idea what this movie was about. I forgot about the trailer. I was I had no idea. I sat down. We started watching it. I was like, period piece, nice, nice. <laughs> and then more we watched, it, I was like, one location, nice, nice. nice. <laughs> and then we started doing it. I was like, I like this character a lot. I like where this is going. I like what's happening. And then like as stuff kept going on. And I don't know. It's been like a year. Can we spoil stuff? Um. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, we can talk about the outfit. The guy like has this part where like he's doing all this stuff and he's like been orchestrating this the whole time. Yeah. And, like it's just like, are you kidding me? Right. And then there's a scene where this like gangster comes in and he's like, I'm gonna mess you up. And the guy rolls up his sleeves, revealing all these like old dude, school mobster dude, tattoos. This movie was made for me. <laughs> made for me. I haven't watched it since then. I haven't either. Right, which I need to because I I, I really end up doing this. But th- just the okay, so honestly the biggest part of a movie for me that really s- makes or breaks everything is the ending to me. You can have a mediocre film well, I mean, I was, I was, as long as the movie's not like horrible during the beginning and second act, but like no matter what you have, as long as the ending is super great, you know, you can leave the positive experience. This took the film from a you know really good experience to another level. I was just, I was, my jaw was on the floor for the whole third act. I was just like impressed what was going on from the twists to the, 
you know, to the action that ends up happening that, you know, really wasn't there for the rest of the film. Um, but it really just led up to that. And he just, it, he goes off. He, he went off. It's fantastic because he rolls down those sleeves and then like, here's this little old man, this tailor. And he rolls down the sleeves and he's like, yeah, I've been through some stuff. And you're just like, what? You're like, yes, sir. <laughs> and of course, you know, me going into this, not knowing anything. I was like, this is an amazing film. Right. Like, fantastic. And then I love seeing it on your top 10 because I'm pretty sure, I'm, I don't want to say it's like at 11, but I think it like barely missed that on my list. <laughs> I was just so dang darn impressed by this. And I, I think it was because the ending that it's still at that high. I, I'm actually checking right now because I'm just like, I know it's up there because I, I listened to the, oh, it's number 12. Yeah, I mean, see, it's, <laughs> it's, it's high up there. It's just hard to be. There's so many good films this year. Um, now coming in at number eight, I have a film that I honestly did not expect to be anywhere in this top 10 and I probably not in a lot of your top tens, but it just, it just is fired on all hilarious cylinders for me. And that is the unbearable weight of massive talent starring the, Nicolas Cage. The Nicolas Cage movie about the, Nicolas Cage. Yep. The Nick Cage movie. Exactly. It's uh, so good. And it like, I know that we're in the minority. Yeah. I know. I, I know all of our friends when we watched it were just like the movie's terrible and we're like what look you have Pedro Pascal and coming off of the Mandalorian I just man I, I was just eating you know I was just waiting for to see more of him so I'm just so happy that I got to see more of him and you have Nick Cage who really has been in this just sort of like I wouldn't say a sl- well yeah I would say a slum just of just of content really it's just you know not not great stuff he's just saying yes to everything yeah and I mean it's been that way for the longest time and you kind of just like you know we I mean, Pig came out, and we, we saw that, and, you know, I kind of just, I don't know, I wasn't expecting much from him um, in this, and, but the trailers look bonkers, and let me tell you, this film is extra bonkers than the f- trailers make it look out to be. I mean, you have a scene of Nicolas Cage ki- kissing Nicolas Cage. He kisses himself in this movie. It's so good, and it's like, it's so tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, that's the word, and tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's so, oh my God, if, it's one of those movies where, like, the, the, that experience I had watching it was just like, this is amazing. They just keep taking, like, every every scene to the next level, like and they just keep doing it one up from the last scene, and really, that's what that's what makes this film, is like, it just keeps ramping up and up and up and up. I, I just, I love to know that we're in the minority, because I'm, like, even looking at their, pe- like, I'm looking at right now on Letterboxd, yeah. and just looking at some of my friends and being like, man, this dude gave it one and a half stars, I'm like, you're wrong. Four, like I gave it four and a half. It was fantastic. You gave it four and a half. <laughs> exactly. Um, now another number number seven. I have a film that um, is a great adventure epic, um, and that also has been flying under a lot of people's radars. Um, and that is the Woman King. This uh, is a movie I like. To- I watched it before you. Yeah, you watched it the same day I did. I believe uh-huh. we watched it like two hours. I think we watched like the same movies a day, but like reverse order. Okay, yeah. But like I remember this getting out of the theater and be like, Mitchell, you're gonna love this. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I really ended up ended up enjoying it. Um, I just loved the. Yeah, I mean, honestly, everything. It's just a great epic adventure film. Um, and there, it, there is nothing cooler than watching females beat people yeah. up and just be amazing like 100 percent. i mean you're right that's exactly what it was it was just like females and like f slavery and just this you know and and great female like led um epic film um it, it, it is, really you know it has so much good action it has such a good story the costumes and period piece stuff is amazing it has um john boyega as the king like viola davis she's yep. fantastic in everything she is 
then you have like some of those ca- some of those actresses that you just like you know of like Lo- Lashana Lynch. Mm-hmm. She's a great actress. She's really like grown on me since Captain Marvel. I agree. And now, every time I see her, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, this this entire movie, it, it is a longer movie, so I definitely understand. Um, I mean, some of these other films are longer, too, the next one I have. But um, I just know that, like, the entire time I was just enraptured to what was going on, and I just was rooting for the women to win the entire time. Now, I did hear a lot of people hating on this, but people are, yeah. people are viewing it like, oh, well, in real life, I'm like, look, man, movies are adapted, adaptions. They're not going to do everything accurate. Well, I understand why you don't like it. I understand if you're looking at historical context. Look, man, there's it's a cool movie about women kicking butt. I mean, also, I feel like if you go into the, I mean, and again, uh, behind the scenes stuff doesn't really affect my viewing, my uh, rating of a film. But if you go into like what it took to even get this movie made, and the fact that you know they, a lot of the executives didn't even want to make this movie because they're like, where's the market for? a female black actually you know led epic adventure movie nobody wants that that's wrong and you know <laughs> and the amount and they were, they were trying to change so many things about this film and the, the amount of media if you saw like i saw an interview with viola davis and how she said there's so many interviews and and um you know meetings she had to have to re- retain the integrity of the film and what it was supposed to be and what it needed to be um and she had convinced so many people and i'm just like that is impressive just in and of itself um, to, to get this movie made but that being said I don't really put that towards um, how good the actual movie actually is I, I just think it's a very good piece that like I, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to are going to are going to pass on this one I, I'm sorry I do think a lot of people are going to pass on this one and not really think about it in, in, in the over the years but it's I think gonna, it's, it's one that fade, I, but it's really good. I think it's one that we're going to keep bringing up over time and time and time again. And I think people are going to say, yeah, that was a good film. Viola Davis just cannot miss, dude. Like no. every time I see her in a movie, I'm just like, oh, she's so good. She steals the show in every single one. Yeah. Even, even if the film's not that great. She's, yeah, really she's good still good. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that brings me to my next epic adventure film uh, coming out at number six, Avatar The Way of Water. Um, you know, let's be honest. There's not much more I can say about this that you haven't already said. You know, the 3D in this film is amazing. Um, it's a, definitely a very visual experience. I is still not really sure how I feel about the story because I didn't really get a chance to really soak in the story. I just don't feel like going this back. To, I I just don't like the Navi and the Avatar. Like I'm not a huge fan of the mythos behind everything. Um, so that's why I'm not really eager to get back out and watch it again. Um, but that last hour action scene, oh, just pure bliss. No, I just want to bring this up. You know how they, uh, they're filming Avatar 3, 4, and 5 all at the same time, right? Are they? They are. Jesus Christ. James Cameron said in an interview why he did it, though, and I love the reasoning. Save money? I mean, he, uh, he basically was like, look, I don't want to have a Stranger Things effect. I want the kid actors to stay kids. Oh, I guess that makes sense. And I'm like, you know what? respect that <laughs> no that makes sense um because my wife was like cgi and i was like well extra cgi than you didn't already need. yeah why like, well you just let just do it i, I mean guess. it's more <laughs> co- i mean if you know you're gonna do three or four or yeah three four and five i mean in the studio green lights that then it makes sense to make them all at once because just from a budget standpoint of scheduling and you well, can like, make uh, all of them at once like three's already filmed Three's done. Well, see, that's the thing. I thought two. They filmed two and three together. I thought that was the case. And yes. then four and five. I could see them doing four and five together. Like four is in post production right now. Huh. Interesting. But um, God, I forget who it was. There's one actress in the movie. I'm sure. Zoe Saldana. I'm just kidding. No, there's there's an actress in the movie who plays the uh, 
the water chief's wife. Yeah. Um, was it Kate Winslet? Mm, or is so. it? Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know. Anyway, I you know, know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Anyway, yeah. that that actress, I guess, forget, like didn't know the movie didn't come out yet, and she thought it just came out and flopped. <laughs> like she did because like, it took so long to get made. Oh, she right. filmed her stuff like four years ago. No, I can see that because it <laughs> took so long. For, I mean, it takes so long for the CG to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not much more for me to talk about Avatar: The Way of Water. It's a really good film, um, and that's why it earns my number six spot. Um, at number five, oh my God, it is Kate Win- Kate Winslet. You're hey, right. I was right. Look at that. No, Eddie. No, Eddie Falco. No, damn it. I have Kate Winslet. It has to be Kate Winslet. Then either Kate Winslet or Eddie Falco. One of them was like. I thought the movie had already come out and flopped because <laughs> no one was talking about it. Now, the, my next, my number five film is a film that um, you, I don't know if you didn't like, I can't remember specifically, but I know you didn't think of it as good as I thought it was. I was so disappointed. And that's Bones and All. Um, I liked this film a lot, and the reason I liked it was for twofold. One, I really liked Timothy Chalamet and the relationship between her, him and um, the other actress. I forgot her name. Taylor, my head. Taylor Russell. Um, yeah, Taylor Russell. And I think um, their relationship was, you know, really cute and genuine. And I just liked that in and of itself. And then on top of that, you mix in this really under the skin, grotesque, like um, uh, cannibal story where they're sort of like, an, uh, sort of like, in a sense, like a hidden society. Um, and they have like special abilities that, you know, not quite sure of. And she thinks she's just this this monster by herself until she f- integrates into this into the society and finds out she's not. Um, and I just like seeing this journey of her discovery and then also her discovery personally, but also with this this illness or disease or whatever it is. Um, and then developing the, that relationship with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, this is one of those movies where like I went in, I was hopeful. I went in expecting so much, and I was so disappointed. I, I think this also might have been another thing about having ex- expectations or a pre. Oh, it's not even expectations. I try to go into all films with no expectations. Like I watched the trailer, right? And I remember texting you after I saw this trailer because I saw the trailer for Jeepers Creepers Reborn, which you can hear about my opinions on in the last episode. Yeah. But um, I watched it and I was like, yo, this is going to be the best movie of the year. Like, this looks amazing. And I expected this cannibalistic, like, blood filled road trip film with Tim Lee Chalamet. And we got there, and I was like, "Eat more people." Well, see, that's the thing is, I was saying like, <laughs> that about preconceived notions of what the film was. Like we talked about last week, and tri- I, you know, how I thought what Triangle of Sadness was supposed to be. In this film, I thought uh, that Timothy Chalamet was a cannibal and just trying to like he was a stalker going after her, and so that's why it blew my mind when I saw her eat that chick's finger. I mean. Spoiler! I don't know. I think it's, it's in the trailer. I think it's yeah. I, well, see that thing. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't watch that part of the trailer. I didn't know. And so that. And so when I saw that in theater, it blew my mind. And so I, I remember looking over at you, just being like, <gasps> and I was just like Mitchell, like well, that's literally in the trailer, bud. Like that, okay, that makes sense why you didn't react as strongly as I did because I was my mind was blown. I did not expect that, and because I, I didn't see that in the trailer, I didn't know. I just fully expected this to be like a stalker film where he was a cannibal and she was trying to escape him or something like that. So for her to be a cannibal too, it I was I was enamored. I was like, what is going on? And then from there, it just like they kept layering on interesting things for me to keep like keep like thinking about. I was just so sad that they eat more people. I was just like, why do you only kill like one person every thirty minutes? Like, come on, you're cannibals. Eat people. Okay, so this is my next film, and I'm just looking at it, realizing that it wasn't even on your list, no. and I'm very surprised. 
Um, because it, it, dropped, it dropped a lot. <laughs> yeah, because this was a film that um, we both had a number four for like the entirety of 2022, and then apparently it just disappeared. Um, because <laughs> I it's still my number four, and it probably won't change. And that is, it, uh, I'll, I'll, you, want me, you want me to tell you where it is on my list? Yeah. Um. Yeah. What is where was it on your list? It is number eleven. Okay. Well, at least it's still. It, 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 barely, it barely missed. It barely missed it. Um. So this was Marcel the Shell with shoes on. It's so cute. I I love this film. Uh, it's honestly probably the cutest animated film I've ever seen, and I don't even know. I mean, an animated it mixed with live action. You know, it's hard to. It, it it's qualified still, for the best anime picture. I know it's like it, I I understand it's just like a weird weird different you know it's I, like live action but also animation but mm, mm. Marcella Shell is, is a live action hybrid yeah but it is based on these three shorts on YouTube and it is so cute and you know I mean honest this is one of those movies that made me cry yeah and it's specifically so people that don't know I I was raised by my grandmother. And so the whole relationship with Anaconda. Marcel and 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 Anaconda was just like it got me. It like it got oh. me very emotionally attached. And like there's a scene that happens where I was just in tears and I was just like, I hate this. I I I, I don't want to be sad watching this movie. And it, it, like Marcel is such a cute little person. And I just love him so much. And then like the whole mockumentary style just works so yep, well. Yep, it does. Honestly, um, I will say that. A24 can do whatever they want, and I won't care because they made the perfect film with Marcel, Marcel the Shuttle Shoes on. Obviously, I have a few films higher, but um, that's just because of my personal taste. But Marcel, I mean, I, we got me and Bryce are actually going to go get matching tattoos of Marcel the Shell um, with Nanny Connie, like sitting, watching, you know, eating popcorn and stuff like that. So we're excited to get those. Um, and I just, you know, I just love this film very deeply um it, it just is something that puts a smile on my face and um makes me feel the warm and fuzzies there there is a uh there's a reason that it's on letterbox's top 250 movies yeah it's i would honestly i would recommend checking this film out like it has out a of all solid 4.3 on letterbox if you haven't watched this film get prepared just just cuddle up with your cozy little blanket and be prepared to be happy um and now at number three um, I have something that is just gung ho, all action, no frills, and that is Bullet Train. Bullet Train is so good. At number three, I have that. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this film. First, let's go with the fact that this was nowhere on my radar whatsoever. I, I remember, watched it. I remember seeing trailers and just wanting, like, being yeah. like, this looks pretty good. Exactly. But it wasn't, like, one of those things where I was like, yo, I'm going to go to the theater opening night and watch Bullet Train. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it definitely felt like, like oh, yeah, this could be a cool action film, Brad Pitt. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it. Like, it, it's kind of weird looking. What they did with, with uh, I don't know what's his name, um, Kick-Ass, um, the guy, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and it honestly was... Yeah, him and then Brian Tyree Henry as Tangerine and Lemon, and then you had Brad Pitt as Ladybug, and then honestly the rest of the the cast, um, just this eclectic cast of characters, and they just was so bonkers. Everything they did was just top notch, insane. Um, the jokes always landed for me. Uh, the action is crazy, and then it doesn't. You know, normal action films in this sense, they they would normally just end pretty tamely but this took the the third act and it took it up like 10 notches 
And that's honestly why I appreciated this so much. You rewatched this with me. You liked it so much that you went with me to see it again. Yeah, I went with him to see it again, and I watched it again at home recently too with my, my sister. So I've seen this f- film. I saw this film three times in uh, 2022, honestly. And I wa- I would watch it again tomorrow. Like I like I love this film, this film so much. I am like one of those people that's really like just wanting a limited tangerine spinoff. Like I don't care. I know I, what I, happened I just, in the film. I I just want it. I want it. I I don't like you could. It's literally just be the funnest. Like more. This would be the most fun thing they could do, and it, I'd love it. Like, Me too. Brad Brad Pitt's the star. But see the thing Aaron is Taylor that's the Johnson thing though. steals the show. <laughs> well, see that's that's the thing what I wanted to say is I feel like the trailers and everything set it up for Brad Brad Pitt to be the main thing, but the movie has all every single uh, character gets their own. They feel like the main character. Like it doesn't feel like any of them are side characters. I don't know if you felt that way, but I feel like the way they set up the characters and they introduce all of them, it felt you, very you Quentin Tarantino esque. And the fact that none of them are really. It's not about any one of them. It's about all of them. Even the uh, Logan Lerman's character. Yeah, Percy Jackson. Is barely in the movie, but he feels like he has a large part to play. He has a huge part to play, even though he's not there half the time. I mean, there's a certain reason why he's not there half the time. But he's he's in the film just, you know, kind of like sitting 90% of the film. And, it you know, he it's, it's important. Um, and, you know, and they, they incorporate that into the film. It's crazy how even the minor characters really feel like they're genuine. Um, and then, like I said, really though, is that every, all the action just hits. And then, you know, the fight scenes are so good. Fight scenes are so good. And then when it gets to the ending, it just ramps it up to like 9,000. Oh, it doesn't the, stop. And the, and the comedy just hits every time. Yeah. Like there's some, there's some lines that you guys said that I was just like, this is so funny. At first. And honestly, they have a Thomas, the tank engine, like jo- joke that really at first wasn't funny. But by the time I get to the end, like it's hilarious. <laughs> like, and I, I still love it. love it to this day. Like, I think it's hilarious. Um, are you a diesel? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> um, speaking of diesels, this man himself, this man's a diesel. We all know he is. Um, the Batman coming in at number two, my uh, top films this year. Uh, I love the Batman. We've been fighting about this all year. I love the Batman. We have, but we've been um, fighting he's wrong. about it since or not like for almost a whole year now. We've just been like going off and on about this because you're just like you, every time you look at my 2022 rate, you're just like, "How is this so low?" And I was like, "Look, man," and you're like, "No, it's so good." The Batman is amazing. <laughs> like I love Robert Pattinson as uh, Batman. Bruce Wayne. I don't think he knows how to be Bruce Wayne yet, but I'm sure he'll figure it out. Um, well, see, that's that's the thing though. Bruce Wayne is a facade for Batman, and I mean, I could get into the minutia of of the specific movie, but I just love that um, he doesn't pull his punches, and that it definitely feels visceral and real, and um, everything from the style of the film to the music to um, the action to the actual characters themselves. I was just enthralled the whole time. I think I know I saw this a few times too. Uh, I saw it twice. Um, and I definitely plan on watching it again here shortly because I've only seen it once and I was kind of bored. See, I don't know. I, I feel like there is, um, I mean, I mean, that's fine. If you felt, felt that way, obviously, but I, I just, uh, we also didn't see it the other. I feel like we did. We did. We did. We did. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Pretty sure we saw it in an early screening too. Oh yeah, we did. We did. I remember <laughs> that. We did see it in an early screening. I don't know. I just really love this film. Love this movie. I love Batman and I've just been waiting to see a Batman film that, is not the dark knight because i didn't really i will, like I will say i do think it is a beautiful movie yeah it's beautiful really? and i i just i just didn't click with me no I mean, I i'm excited for the that. sequel if they, when they, if they do the batman 2 
and it has Mr. Freeze and all that, I think that would be pretty dope. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I, I do think that some of this, the detracting factors is that maybe I wish there was a little bit more action. I think the Riddler just, like, doesn't work for me as a villain. Just yeah. Especially because it's just, like, in my mind, I was like, he's just Jigsaw with extra steps. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, though. I mean, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so Batman, love it. Love the, love the aesthetic. Just love Batman in general. And at uh, number one, uh, this is going to come at a surprise um, to no one for a lot of people um, my favorite film of 2022 was Top Gun Maverick I remember you watched this and you were like raving about it and I didn't want to watch it I, I was like <laughs> I was pushing this off so bad like I didn't go to see it with you I was like I really don't care about Top Gun I was like screw it you say it's so good everyone's saying it's so good I'm gonna go watch it and I got out and I was like dang it <laughs> it was so good <laughs> okay let's, let's, let's lay the groundwork Top Gun the first film yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's average. Okay. It's an average eighties film. Top Gun Maverick, though, this film just ex- defines cinema of or the the movie going experience and why it's so fun. Um, I cannot just help but having a fun time when I when I left the theater, uh, or you know, just feeling that I had such a fun time. Um, from the very beginning, from the music, from his, from him d- defying the orders, from him defying, you know, saying like. Um. Yeah, you know, there was one specific line in this film that was like, um, you know, where he was like, "We're being, he's being replaced by drones in the future," and and the guy is like, "We're not gonna need you soon." He's like, or he's like, you know, or your your program's gonna die soon. He's like, "Yeah, maybe sir, one day, but not today." And he like goes on, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's, that's so cool." But I feel like it was a metaphor for the film, for like film industry too. It's like you know, everybody keeps saying like the cinemas are dead, and he's like, "Maybe one, maybe one day, but not today." You know, um, so my 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 dad doesn't go to theaters. Right. I think I've been to like four movies with him in theaters. Yeah. This is one of those movies he went to theaters to. Yeah. He loved it. I have problems with going to theaters with my dad. He he doesn't have an inside voice. Right. But it was kind of cool to be able to like go watch this with my dad, and he was just like he 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 was like this is so good. This is, I was just like, I'm glad you enjoyed this. I'm, I'm yeah. glad. I, here's my favorite thing though is like we got the the love interest. He was like, that's not whatever. He's a big fan of Top Gun. I don't know the woman's name. Right. But he was like so mad that she wasn't recat, like replaced by this woman that he had no idea who she was. Okay. See, I was confused about that too, but I just assumed maybe he knew a different girl or something like that. <laughs> no, he was just he was just mad that it was like, it wasn't the same actress. And then he looked her up and he was like, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> I guess she did not age very well. <laughs> oh right, I do remember that them saying that. Yeah. No, I mean, like like I said, it, it's it's the. Honestly, and the big reason I feel like the way that is is the it's the um, way they filmed the flight scenes and the way they it made it real and authentic. You know, um, you know what scene almost reduced me to tears. Which one? The scene with Dolph Lundgren. That that's his name, right? No, I'm totally wrong. I think I know who you're talking about, but I feel like you're wrong. I'm totally wrong. I was thinking of Rocky. <laughs> yeah, that's Dolph Lundgren. Oh my god, I'm like canceled. I know who you're talking Val about. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Um. Honestly, okay. See, I didn't know what I, I had no idea like what had happened to him in real life. So, so it did. Valkymer doesn't has a, isn't able to talk. No, I I know, but I, so I know now. But for Tom Cruise to bring him back and was like, "We're not doing this without him." Like, it was tight. Damn, no. you're good. No, it's cool. And like exactly, and, and that's the thing about any. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I did appreciate that scene, but it was just the whole experience of it from you know having Miles Teller's Rooster that you know he's such a great actor. 
Um, and then just, you know, the the action to turn into the ending to, to be more action, you know, that I'm trying to escape. And, um, you know, just the whole, honestly, the, all the flying sequences, everything just works. The music works. Um, and I, I want to say the music makes you feel nostalgic, but it's not even that. It just makes you feel like a swell of, like, confidence and, and um, fun and, and just authenticity. So I definitely appreciated that most about this film. Miles Teller is so good. He is. I, you know, Jada still hasn't seen Top Gun Maverick. Oh my gosh, she needs to. I have it right here. I know. <laughs> oh, I guess we we probably all both on the steelbook, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I. It's, it's such a good movie. I, it dropped a lot this year, though. I did put it in. Um, I did put it in the other day just to, to turn it on, and the first scene is so good. But oh, just the re- just the reprisal of um, Danger Zone. Danger Zone. All right. Yeah. So good. That's one of my favorite songs for movies Plus, playlists. We were just talking about the other day how they have a really good soundtrack too. Anyway, Lady Gaga is going to win that Oscar. I, I think so. I think so. I was just, I was, I, I've been listening. Okay, so this is off topic, but we were talking about how Lady Gaga's um, "Hold My Hand." Yeah. It might get nominated for best original song. And I was like, out of all the songs out of Top Gun Maverick, it's got to be um, <laughs> the song um, "Worried." God damn it! Now I can't Something with seven or whatever, like. I don't know. I, I'm I tired. Okay, so I'm sorry, but I can't remember it. But it's the it's a song by they the beach on the beach scene. Yeah, the beach song. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like Party seventy seven or something like that. I forgot the name of the band. <laughs> the band. You know what's sad is the band's from uh, from Colorado. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And um, now, now I'm just like, <sighs> it's like we're we're just taking a second here to like try to figure out. It what is, is. I ain't worried by One Republic. I ain't worried by Warner Republic. Yes, Warner Republic's from Denver, but um, yeah, I ain't worried is what was my favorite song. And then like yours is "Hold My Hand." And I was like, I don't even know if I've heard that song. And after listening to it, I was like, I still don't really like it. <laughs> but then uh, the short list came out in December for like the nominations, and "Hold My Hand" was on the short list, and I was yeah. just like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like whenever I hear that song, like I think about movies and I think about the magic of cinema, but. It just made me All sad because right, I was like, I was so sure, and then like the short list came out, and I was like, ah, Mitchell's right. Well, if you want to find out like what what other films we rated this year, um, I Bryce has like 160 of them. I have like 100, 168. Hey, I was close. 168. I'm sure. Um, 168. It might be a little bit more. I'm around hovering around 120. Um, so yeah, just uh, go that's ahead okay. and find. Don't don't think that's a flex with me. A lot of those are trash. <laughs> hey, but you can see what trash films you watch and what you shouldn't watch. Um, you can find him at Pain Reviews, P A Y N E Reviews, and it's on Letterboxd. And you can find me at Mitch Reviews, M Y T C H. Um, or you know, or you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, at uh, Author Mitchell Chandler or at Mitchell Chandler. Just search one of them. Make sure you put the M Y. And uh, Bryce, where can people find you online? You can find me at San Green Films on Twitter. I haven't figured out how to change that. I've been trying to uh, look into it. I don't. I've been using Twitter a lot lately. Look at me. I'm getting better. Me too. Uh, Instagram at Pain Love Cinema, and yeah, I think that's. I think I use TikTok sometimes. Sweet. Um, <laughs> and then I guess if you also want to follow us on TikTok or uh, Instagram, YouTube, um, Twitter, wherever you want to find a podcast at, we're also there. Um, just search into the Filmverse podcast. Um, I'm sure we'll come up somewhere. Our logo should be the same across everything. Um, next week we're going to talk about Cubo and the two strings and also our most anticipated of 2023. 
Um, I just updated this. Hey, I am so excited. <laughs> um, I know we're already a little bit into 2020 or, you know, January of 2023, but I feel like next week could be good before we get too far into the year. So it's okay. It's, we've only had Megan and a man called Otto. We're good. Exactly. Neither, um, neither of those were on my list. So we're, we're good. You can also check out the re- reviews <laughs> for those up on our um, YouTube and TikTok tier as well. So I appreciate you guys. Um, look forward to talking to you next week. Um, and uh, let us know what's your best of 2022 more as well. Uh, we'd love to have a conversation with you. All right, guys. Until next time. Excelsior. Excelsior.